You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. Hey, Colleen. Got a great ass. So do you, Pilgrim. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. Never is in Hawaii when you have skateboarding assassins, killer, toxic, cancer-causing snakes that instantly kill you. For some reason. And ninjas. Uh, what else? Sumo wrestlers. Anything you can think of. It's pretty much in this movie. Softcore this porn. This movie has everything. <laughs> There's something here for everyone. <laughs> and a whole lot of stuff that's not for anyone. And makes no sense whatsoever <laughs> at all. But welcome back. Happy New Year. It's good to be back here on 80s Revisited. I, of course, am your host, Trey Harris. And with me, as always, the ticket to my hard thing. Hard thing. <laughs> Jesse yes. Sedgley. Yes, Bill me I out am. Here. Bill me out as usual. <laughs> Good to be back in the podcasting seat after our little break. Thank you all for coming back and listening. We're going to do things a little out of order today because we're waiting for our special guest to join us from the future. <laughs> but once he's able to, we're going to go right to that. So we're going to kind of catch up on some emails and do a little bit of the Back to the Future segment first while we're waiting. So uh, we got one, I think it's four... Five. Send in your emails at 80srevisited at gmail.com or tweet us at 80srevisited. Yep. So that way, I'll, when I see a notification on Twitter, I'll Actually try to remember log to on. log on and click the button. Have to reset your password because you forgot it. Yeah, again, because it's been another <laughs> four months or whatever. But anyway, uh, we'll do emails first. Uh, first, our good friend Pete from the UK. I'm just doing them in the order they were received. So if you sent one in, it's the order in which it was received, just like when you're on hold with a... <laughs> credit card company or cable company. Right. But uh, our good friend Pete says, Gents, just wanted to wish you both a very happy Christmas. In the spirit of the 80s, I'm going to ensure my cat gets wet and eats after midnight. Uh, be, uh, I hope that turned out well for you, Pete. Uh, try to avoid office parties in high-rise buildings. Good choice. Uh, <laughs> looking forward to more excellent 80s film reviews, including the great and amazing and totally cheesy Flash Gordon. Got a special present for you at the end of this episode, Pete. Best wishes to you both and your respective families. If you ever find yourself in the UK, beer's on me. Cheers and a happy 2018, Pete. Sweet. Same to you, buddy. Uh, I don't know when we'll get out there, but... I don't know. Whenever that we get the UK tour booked. I did submit to one UK film festival, so... Oh, hey, there you go. <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, uh, of course, we're doing requests now for the foreseeable future. And Pete, I'm happy to say that Flash Gordon is up next. So Ooh. very shortly, you'll be able to hear me talk, me and Jesse talk about Flash Gordon. And then our next email is also from Pete. Hi, guys. Just finishing listening... Just finished listening to 201. Don't really know much about Ernest, so that was interesting. Now, <laughs> The Last Jedi. Rubbish. Better than the prequels, marginally, but not a good Star Wars film at all. Some nice parts occasionally, but overall very disappointing. A Star Wars trilogy film should leave you wanting to see the next episode ASAP. Right now, couldn't give a fuck about episode nine. Merry Christmas anyway, Wow. Pete. Well, you heard what we said last time. Yeah. I still feel that way. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I have not seen it for the second time. Uh, True. But you know, this is a—it's a decisive, very decisive film, divisive, excuse me, uh, film with Star Wars fans. Uh, you know, you haven't seen it again to kind of weigh that glow from the first time you see it, and oh, it's all new. 
mm-hmm. to kind of you know give a more balanced opinion. But I still stand by what I what we said a few weeks ago, whenever it was. I still liked it, yeah. but I, I I can also at the same time like we talked about, then I understand how some Star Wars fans don't like it. Right. I can see I can see both sides, but I'm definitely in the like it camp. <laughs> but what will we think of Flash Gordon, Pete? Oh, another Ooh. tease. I'm going to tease you good all episode, Pete. <laughs> you won't be able to hold it till next week. But anyway, moving on to our next email from our uh, friend Sean Abear. Uh, Happy New Year's, gents. Had to listen to your Ernest Saves Christmas holiday special a few days ago. Thanks for the adequate warning on the Jedi spoilers so I could turn off the podcast. I would have been pissed, in all caps, had it snuck up on me. We're here to help. We don't want to <laughs> ever ruin anything except, you know, 80s movies that are, you know, 30 years old. So, uh, you're welcome. Uh, as always, appreciate the shout-out on the last episode of the year. Your show has definitely made a positive impact on some of my 2017. Definitely looking forward to a full 2018 of 80s Revisited. I know you'll be busy with the new little one, so hope you keep the peons out here in mind that rely on your comic relief and 80s nostalgia knowledge. We need that out here. I still get a chuckle when you stop yourself when you mention anything political. I won't be tuning out your show <laughs> unless it starts to sound like Sean Handy or the Diane Ream show. I have no clue who that is. Uh, cheers again, friends. Wishing you the best for 2018. Your local zookeeper and concrete artist, Sean. Same to you, pal. Same to you. And another one from Sean. Just moving down the road here. Uh, <laughs> Greetings, my 89 fellows. I'm a closet nerd, so no one recognized me. But as I was walking through the spaces, I noticed... Oh, well, I'm sorry. The, the topic, the headline for this one was Wizard World New Orleans. Ah, that's, that's vital a, to understand what I'm saying right now. That's a Comic-Con. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Greetings, my 89 fellows. I'll repeat it. I'll just start over now. I'm a closet nerd, so no one recognized me, but as I was walking through the spaces, I noticed numerous radio stations advertising and showing their support of the con. Have you guys ever thought about advertising as 80s Revisited podcast? It would be a great exposure and also broaden your listener base locally. Walking through, I was sadly disappointed at cartoons, movies, games of our prime, sadly unrepresented. Just a thought slash idea. I'm 92.3%. I saw Jesse there, correct in my assumption. Jesse, were you at Comic-Con this year? I was not. Sorry, Although Sean. Although people do cosplay as me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Happens all the time. I, I, I will say this. That you do have a doppelganger somewhere in Baton Rouge. Really? Uh, we went to District, or a local <laughs> place right down the road, and there was this guy sitting outside. I was like, from, from behind, he looked just like you. However, mm. he was probably about 20 pounds heavier than you. So I was like, oh. that looks like Jesse, but... That I'll get can't. there eventually. <laughs> Eat double lunches. Uh, an inside joke to what some of me and him were talking about earlier. But so I was like, that Jesse is, no, that can't be. That can't, but the whole, we're sitting there eating, and every five seconds I'm looking over there. You think you would have came over? You know, like, I, I, I literally was about to. I was like, I swear to God, that looks exactly like Jet, like Manor is. Like picture. Just, well, he also had like a plumber's crack, so. Took a picture. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there taking a picture of somebody's backside, yeah. and then some woman next to me is like, just I look over, she's like shaking her head, like, hey, oh, man. you don't understand. It looks like a friend of mine. They did it at the magic tournament, you know, with the guy like praying behind oh, yeah. everybody's butt crack. That's not my that's not my bag. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, he did look. This person eventually he turned, right, and he had glasses on, and was not you. But from behind, like just. You know, everybody has their mannerisms, right? And that was the thing that I couldn't shake. Like, so he didn't look like Belushi at all. No, no. From the like, he had a beard and every. I mean, it was <laughs> everything except it, it wasn't you. Ah. And he had glasses on and kind of bug eyes. Bug eyes. So you have a bug eye doppelganger. Interesting. Bizarro Jesse. That's for a Seinfeld reference. He sounds less handsome than me. <laughs> he was. He was definitely less attractive. Uh, but then uh, Sean goes on, closing out his email. I arrived in my assumption and the opportunities I may have missed in meeting the product- producing Messiah. Well, you didn't miss anything. 
Uh, cheers, fellas. Looking forward to the newest podcast of 2018, Sean, which is what we're doing right now for you. But yeah, uh, I mean, we submitted our, or Jesse submitted his uh, Days of Future Past music video. Yeah, that uh, was a couple last years time ago. I went, which yeah. was uh, on the 2013? No, 2014. Yeah, so this is, uh, that was, no, that wasn't. We went to the one the year after that we did, because that's when we met Bruce Campbell. That's the reason we went that year. And then, yeah, next year was when Carrie Fisher was supposed to be there. Of course, rest in peace. That didn't happen. I just remember Matt Smith was there from Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. Someone took a picture of him, like, doing an interview and our videos playing in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, what can you say? But, yeah, yeah, I mean, never thought about doing the 80s Revisited thing just because, I mean, it's Mm Comic-Con. So, I mean, now, when we were there, the last couple times I were there, there was one of the gentlemen who worked on He-Man was there. I forget. I, don't, I can't remember his name. I just shook his hand and said, you know, I think it was a producer or something. Mm-hmm. So and that was like the one kind of 80-centric thing that was there, aside from like uh, Zach Galligan from Gremlins. Right. Elvira. Uh, you know, whenever there's like a guest that we want to meet, that's when we go. And I'm sure we would have gone this year, but Autumn really, uh, despite all her smack talk, she really didn't want to meet Jason Momoa that bad, so we didn't go. <laughs> the guest list this year sucked, I thought. Yeah, it was another one. Doctor Who. Um, oh, David, David Tennant. Like, I wouldn't mind, but at the same time, he wasn't a big enough draw to get my ass out to New Orleans and right. deal with. And I think you, we always go on the Sunday, because that's the least crowded day. Yeah. And I think most of the guests weren't even there. So. Yeah, but well. yeah, hey, but Sean, if we ever make it out there, dude, we'll let you know. We can, hey, that, then you can actually meet the producing messiah and me, the humble host. Producing Messiah. I see Jesse's head's expanding as I'm yes. staring at him. No, just my, my headphones don't fit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and our last email is from our good fr- another friend from across the pond, UK Lee. Hey guys, first of all, a huge sorry for not emailing recently. No worries. I've been listening to all your shows as I'm your number one fan, Misery. <laughs> when I read before I got to your quotation marks, I read that, and that's the first thing I thought of was Lee standing <laughs> over us with a sledgehammer yeah. saying, I'm a number one fan. But uh keep but keep saying to myself, next week, next week, and before you know it, three months have passed. Hey, that's how it goes, my friend. Sure. Happens to everybody. Uh, anyway, I'm not working nights anymore, so that's good. Same job, but I start at 4 a.m. now. Jesus Christ. Uh, so I have to put uh, some healthy weight back on now and have more time to play guitar and watch movies, which is a good thing. Hey, there you go. Uh, love the Ernest Says Christmas episode. I've seen a few of his films and love the character. That's good to hear. And it's, it's really unique, too, for being someone yeah. in where you are in the U.K. Mm-hmm. for some a character that is so regional, regionally specific. Yeah. Uh, but I guess it makes sense because, I mean, I know there's... Uh, oh, I forget, it's Steve... Kuglin, oh, is that his, I think Steve, is it Kuglin? The guy from Tropic Thunder, English guy? Steve Kuglin, yeah. Yeah, okay. He has a show where he plays a very specific character in England. So I forget the name of it. Is it uh, Alan Partridge? That's it. Yeah. Because uh, uh, our soon-to-be guest on the podcast, Ben Wyatt, uh, was mentioning a show like that, and he actually went to that town when he was doing his European trip. Uh, but, you know, so I guess some local, very specific regional characters can do have that appeal across the globe so that's really cool to hear that Ernest has a fan at least one in the UK <laughs> uh, let's see I went to another local wrestling show the week before Christmas uh, Austin Aries and Abyss were there and got to meet them and we had ringside seats so I had the pleasure of a lot of wrestlers flying over the top rope and landing on our laps <laughs> I also got to be a part of the show as a wrestler threw his opponent's jacket out to the ring and it landed on my lap I went to give it back and the whole crowd started chanting put it on put it on 
So I did, and he got me to come in the <laughs> ring and pose with him. It was a good night. That is pretty damn That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, That's you don't really get cool. that at the WWE shows. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. Anyway, all the best for 2018, and a big congratulations for the milestone episode of your fantastic show. I'll send you a picture of me in the ring. Chat soon, Lee. Thanks again, and I'd, uh, I'll have to show you the picture, Jesse. But uh, Lee, when I saw that picture, I didn't know who was the wrestler and who was you. Because <laughs> you look like that. All I know is that if we're over in the UK having a pint or whatever. There's two and, wrestlers and, and in shit the ring. happens. I know that you're like you got our back. I'm like Lee, take care of this guy because <laughs> you look like a wrestler, my friend. I mean that as a compliment. Like yeah. uh, I was like, damn, Jesus Christ, I don't want to piss off Lee. <laughs> so thanks for the emails, and of course, if you got an email, uh, shoot it over to us at agevisited at gmail.com or tweet at agevisited, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. Now uh, again, before we get to uh, the movie and our uh, with uh, Ben coming online. We're going to uh, kind of do the Back to the Future part, and we're going to talk about what my 10 picks for the 10 best films of 2017, mm. but also my 10 favorite films, because some of them are the same, but there's a distinct difference. Yeah. So we'll start with, with, with what I would consider the 10 best films that I saw that came out in 20, or that I saw in the year of 2017. So right. feel free to, to debate or jump in. Uh, number 10... And let me, let me clarify too. When I say best, these are films that like good movie, mm-hmm. fantastic film. I will most I might not ever watch it again, but I recognize that it's a fantastic film. Hmm. You know, and it is. We're getting into award season, so you're getting a lot of you know uh, critical darlings, that yeah. kind of thing. But these are my picks for what I would consider like when somebody get a, a traditional top ten list when someone gives. Uh, but the next one's going to be the fun one because those are my favorite films that I'm going to watch over and over and over. Ah, uh, okay. But uh. 10 best films of 2017, number 10 for me, uh, I, Tanya. I love Margot Robbie, not just mm-hmm. for her acting. Uh, Sebastian Stan was amazing in it, and uh, Allison Jennings, is that her last Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever it is. <laughs> Recently offered her Golden Globe win one. And it was just, a, it was, a, again, we're, we're, we're at the point now where if you're born, you know, a child of the 80s, all the historical or newsworthy things that happened when we were young are now becoming movies. Yeah. yeah so it's true. also like, I remember that. <laughs> I remember sitting on the floor watching Platoon and my parents saying, I remember that. <laughs> it's like, good God, you're ancient. And then now like, I'm ancient. <laughs> you know, so it's weird. But uh, I tell you, and, you know, it's a dark comedy slash biography. Great. It's a performance piece. And it's, it's almost, it's a biography. It's a, you know, it's a, quote unquote, based on a true story, but it's done in a way that it's not. It's very reminiscent. There's another film that's done very similar. I couldn't think of it when I was watching it. With the interviews throughout? Yeah, like that. But also the, uh, I wish I could think. It's going to hit me like on an idle Tuesday sometime. Oh, that's the movie I was thinking about a year ago. Uh, But just the way it was done, it just kept it entertaining. And uh, again, the performances just made it so much more enjoyable than it probably would have been with other choices but they made a good choice in the film of making it a comedy more so autobiographical biographical comedy yeah because because it's really ludicrous they were a bunch of doofuses yeah it was a bunch of idiots (laughs) involved in this thing and it all played out exactly how it should have yeah uh, moving on up especially that bodyguard guy oh my god and the thing is we all know people like that right <laughs> we all know people. I sat by a guy in, high, Flat in out liar. junior high yeah. that just had all, told me Mortal Kombat 2 just came out. Yeah, I played Mortal Kombat 4 when I was visiting my friend in Dallas. He works for Midway. Seriously, <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. Like I know, I know. I, I have multiple people who know this guy. 
in, in junior high. We all know and someone he just, like that. Oh, God. I mean, and I, I'm partially to blame. It's like, whoa, dude, that's awesome. Because I just want to hear what he's going to say next. <laughs> but anyway, moving on up. Number nine for me in terms of the best. I'm going to go with uh, Dunkirk. I absolutely love that film. It was uh, Nolan is a genius when it comes to not just filmic timing, but handling time yeah. in film, Interstellar, Inception, and Dunkirk. It's just genius how, he, how this film was structured with the different time frames to me. Absolutely loved it. And Tom Hardy, fucking awesome. Always, always love him. It's going to be interesting when he's in Venom coming this year. Oh. So I wonder how that's going to work out, but we'll see. Uh, number eight, in terms of the best, I'm going to go with Split. Definitely the best M. Night Shyamalan uh, ding-dong film in a long time. Wow, that and that sure. ending. You saw it, right? Because we talked about yeah, it, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So uh, won't spoil the end if you still haven't seen it, but... Uh, Is that this year, though? Oh, yeah. okay. I see. It was early this year, if I remember correctly. Yeah, as far as the... Yeah, it... It labels it as 2016, but yeah, January 20th is when it came out, 2017. Yeah, because when, when I make these lists, I go to Wikipedia, films released in 2017, <laughs> enter, and I just go down the list and then right. narrow them down. Yeah, but uh, Split, you know, sort of like the second coming of M. Night, mm-hmm. uh, back, to true, back to true form for, uh, for him, so that's a fantastic, fantastic movie. And performances, literally multiple performances by James McAvoy. Yeah. Just fantastic. And the other actors and actresses in it were all complimentary to the story. And I wonder why they gave him 23 distinct personalities, yet he only, he only did like nine. <laughs> well, then he had, they found the files where like they just showed the one little clip of like this one and that one. Okay, because they give him you know, credit on IMDb for all the roles, and he actually played just nine roles. Yeah, I guess, you know, <laughs> in, in that psychology, there's, those are the nine most relevant ones yeah. that force themselves to the top first or whatever you want to say. Hmm. Uh, number seven for me, amid all these new or uh, resurfacing allegations of sexual misconduct, still going to mm-hmm. say Disaster Artist is one of the best films I saw this year. Uh, at number seven, I mean, you know, when you, when you see a movie based on a true story, a lot of, the, a lot of those movies you don't have any uh, focal point as to the real person, because it might have been, you know, Marines in Afghanistan or, you know, a person in an office building in 9-11 or, you know, you don't have any connection with what it's based on in terms of the, on a personal level. Well, if you've seen The Disaster Artist, you probably went to see that because you've seen The Room. Yeah. So you know all about Tommy Wiseau. So when you're watching that, The Disaster Artist is like, good God, Franco, did you like absorb Tommy Wiseau to... Like, you, you literally turned into him. And, you know, unfortunately, these allegations are unsettling, but, I mean, it's... What's the allegations? Well, his... I don't even know if it's... I don't want to get in trouble using the wrong term here, but uh, they're a little more... For who? Franco. Okay. A little tamer than, like, what you're hearing with some of the other people, but it's still, like, when he got upset when actresses wouldn't take off their tops for a role or something like that. Uh, uh well, yeah. I mean, yeah. It all de- it's all context. Yeah, and point. he also had something a few years ago about like forcing a girl to do oral sex or something. I don't keep up with that because I mean it's Hollywood, and I hate to say it like that, but it seems like you know there's a reason all this is coming out now because it's been going on for years. Hmm. So it's Stan Lee got accused of harassing every nurse that that's like <laughs> tended to him since he's been like you know getting nurses. I mean, Stan Lee. I mean, again. Nothing surprises me now, except right, maybe right. like Tom Hanks or something. 
like we joke, you read that joke article that made my heart skip a beat where uh, it was about <laughs> Tom Hanks. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, hold on, let me respond to Ben here. Yeah, uh, it was like Tom Hanks. Uh, oh, no, it was Keanu Reeves. Was, oh, yeah, nice guy, yeah. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's see. Number six for me, Coco. You know, you just recently saw that one. Yep. I really liked it. Uh, the visuals and the detail were, for, and again, we're still talking about Pixar, but I mean, amazing. Mm-hmm. Just a visual treat. We saw it in 3D, and it was worth it. Beautiful. Yeah. Good music as well. Uh, number five uh, for me would be Get Out, uh, which for the Golden Globe was nominated for Best Musical or Comedy for some reason. <laughs> uh, but that's the Hollywood Foreign Press. <laughs> so <laughs> we see how that goes. It's strange. Uh, comedy. Yeah, it's, I don't know. But uh, yeah, anyway, number four, critical darling for this year, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. I knew nothing Nothing about this film, mm-hmm. except that it's been getting a lot of critical praise. Right. And I was tell- like I was telling you off the air, Jesse, I for some reason thought it was something, it was going to be a dark comedy with Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. Maybe I saw a blurb on it and one of the people looked like Zach Galifianakis. I don't know. But yeah, uh, highest possible recommendation. Uh, it was, it was amazing. It was that story and where it, where it goes, step by step by step, and the characters that come into that story are just... When it was over, I was like, that is the best Coen Brothers movie not directed by the Coen Brothers or written by the Coen Brothers. Right. That was right. my first thought when it was over. <laughs> like, Garth, I think, or I can't remember the guy's name that did it, but I think it's something with a G. Uh, uh, yeah, the guy that wrote and, and directed. directed Martin uh, McDonough. Oh, I was way off. Yeah. GM, same thing. But uh, yeah, fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Uh, excellent, excellent film. Number yeah. three, in terms of the best for me, uh, Brigsby Bear. I, that, I saw the trailer for it and was like, okay, that looks really good. Mm-hmm. And watched it, and it was really good. Yep. Uh, that's kind of a, a very nostalgic type film in terms of the subject matter. And instantly, excuse me, connecting with the, t- with the guy from it just because of that nostalgia when you're older. How we all go through that. Like, oh, yeah. I had... Oh, excuse me. Sorry, guys and girls. <laughs> uh, we all go through that, like that nostalgia wave, like when you see... Uh, like on Netflix right now, be, here's a recommendation for everybody if you haven't watched it. The Toys That Made Us on Netflix, fantastic documentary series. Uh, I started four- watching it with the voiceover guy. He's he sounds a- like a silly little voiceover guy. <laughs> He's like a radio-friendly guy. I ain't gonna yeah, lie. It didn't bother know. me. It bothered me. Because I was getting good information that I had no clue about. I'll watch it with captions, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I started watching the Star Wars one. That's the first one. And yeah. just... See, that's the one that I, I, I like the least. Because the first one, I, like, when I, I heard about it because I liked it on Facebook when I first heard a blurb about it coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was prepared. I was like waiting for it to premiere to watch. And immediately, the first one I watched was the He-Man episode. I was like, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Holy shit, I did not know that. Yeah. Holy, like a lot of, these are in-depth facts and stories behind the the. The toys that made us. If you grew up in the 80s, you played with these toys. Even in the late 70s, because they talk about Star Wars in the first episode, and Barbie, so it's going all the way back to the 60s. Uh, but it's Barbie, Star Trek, uh, He-Man, and G.I. Joe. Obviously, the G.I. Joe and the He-Man, when He-Man episodes were the best to me, but uh, they were all interesting. Just that the behind-the-scenes drama in a toy company mm-hmm. and how He-Man came to look this way, et cetera, et cetera, and how one thing led to another. Absolutely amazing. Uh, but anyway... Uh, 
So yeah, Briggsy Bear number three. Now number two, you might see the you might see one of these again in the next list, but uh, number two for me would be Shape of Water. Uh, Del Toro, to me, does no wrong. Mm-hmm. I honestly, and I didn't know this. We were on vacation. I mean, Autumn, we're just looking at like just going over some of the films we saw over the year year uh, this year. I didn't realize that he directed Mimic in the '90s movie with Mira Sorvino, mm. which I only saw once when it came out. And the only thing I remember about it was how visually striking it was about the giant cockroaches. But I remember like not liking the movie. So that's one I wanted to go back to revisit. But aside from my fuzzy memory on that, like Del Toro has done no wrong that I've seen. Uh, personally, from a visual standpoint, a creative standpoint, I think he's a fucking genius. And Shape of Water, it's a dark fairy tale. And I think that the subject matter in that film, I think there's very few directors who could handle it with, in a way to where... I mean, we, were in, we had the peanut gallery in our, in our theater our one little section that just started laughing at a certain part. Oh, really? Yeah. Where she's hmm. describing yeah, yeah, things. Yeah. Um, so, no, we had a good crowd in ours. Yeah. We had just one peanut gallery just like, I mean, seriously, why are you, why are you in this movie? Like, pay- I had one guy that was sitting next to us. He had gotten a seat by himself and he was just scarfing down popcorn. I remember that. But uh, he would speak up, but it was only at appropriate moments, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like... Yeah, it wasn't a too annoying level. Yeah, yeah, but they just busted out laughing when she was describing uh, anatomy. Yeah, keep it spoiler free. But yeah, Shape of Water, visually stunning. Michael Shannon, he's 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 like he's a Gary Oldman or a Will Nafoe. Like he can do a villain, mm-hmm. like bar none. He is just he's got that look too. Like yeah, he he looks like a villain. Yeah, he's. And I usually see him play villains. Like, where does he play not a villain? Uh, Mud with McConaughey. Yeah, I remember Mud, but I just remember McConaughey. I guess. <laughs> well, that's the thing. When and he shows kids. up in Mud, I'm thinking, oh, is he gonna like? Is he gonna try to? Is he like not like Mud? Like, what's happening here? Like, is Michael Shannon showing up in this movie? Because you you always again in a sense typecast. But I mean, if you need a good villain, you get my like Michael Shannon is somebody you should be on your speed dial. Sure. Uh, in fact, when uh. They recently had like some onset photos of the new version, film version of Fahrenheit 451, starring Michael Shannon and Michael B. Jordan. Mm. Well, just knowing that cast, I already know who Guy Montag is going to be the the uh, protagonist. Is obviously going to be Michael B. Jordan. But I was just thinking about it, like in that movie. If, you, if you're unfamiliar with the book, uh, I mean, it's a, a hero. The main character has a change of heart, and I'm thinking like that would have been so much more interesting with Michael Shannon because you would believe his conviction of being on the wrong side. Oh, for sure. So when a turn happened, it'd be even more believable. Yeah. To me. Like, that's just an outside... I mean, I like Michael B. Jordan, too. Don't get me wrong. But Michael Shannon is, like... <laughs> and that is, that is like, one of my favorite books of all time. So, y'all, everybody... You know, you've everybody's casted that um, their favorite book in their head before. So, that's just the way it works. And number one, it should come as no surprise... Blade Runner 2049 coming out next, this Tuesday, in two days on 4K and Blu-ray and all that. So I am, there's, I've, I've, I've talked about it after I watched it. I've talked about it every time it's come up. <laughs> it's, it's phenomenal. It's one of those, and I, I understand the criticisms about it because it's, people probably thought it was going to be some sort of sci-fi action movie, like a sci-fi John Wick or something. Well, then you didn't watch the original. You have no clue what you were getting into. Uh, Ridley Scott came out like, oh yeah, it's my fault. It's too long. I didn't think it was... Yeah, it's long, but if you like the first movie, there's nothing to dislike here. 
and it's uh, Denny, Dennis, I always mispronounce his name, Villani, however you pronounce his name. Yeah. Uh, he is he is the new Ridley Scott in terms of visionary directors. You know, I put him, Del Toro, uh, just fantastic, fantastic visuals, uh, and just oh god, like uh, making a sequel to a movie that's thirty five years old. That's no easy task. But then making it to where it looks like yes, this is that world thirty. You know, a vision of the future from uh, the early eighties to a vision of the future from twenty seventeen, but in sync. Yeah, you're combining two visions, in a sense, to create a new one, and just phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Highest possible recommendation. I recommend all the movies that I mentioned on my top ten. Mm. Uh, again, you might not watch them more than once, but uh, they're all good. Like Three Billboards, fantastic film, but I really don't think I need to see it again. Yeah. I would put it on because of the performances are so good, and there's moments in it that are great, you know. But I don't. You know, Get Out to me is not going to be as good the second time because once you know where it goes. Because that first time, at least for me, it was just like, what the fuck is happening here? Uh, in an interview, he said he wants to tackle Dune. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Absolutely excited because... I don't I, see him linked to it, but uh, yeah. Well, I think I read somewhere he turned down something recently because he wanted to stay on track to do Dune. Wow. Which, please let that happen. Because... We haven't covered it on the podcast. Yeah. I've off-promised it, but uh, <laughs> it is coming again because I want to do the four-hour version because I'm intimately familiar with the two-hour and 20-minute version, the theatrical version, so to speak, but I want to watch the four-hour version to give a really detailed analysis. And our good friend Ben is now ready to join us. Perfect timing. So I'm going to hit the call button, and we'll see what happens. Oh, we're just going straight to it. Yep. <laughs> Are we ready, Jesse? Yeah, go for it. Ladies and gentlemen, from Tasmania, Ben Wired! Hello. Explosions, everybody. explosions, pyrotechnics. Yeah, uh, for somebody that's quit a podcast, this is my third appearance in, you know, two or three weeks on different podcasts. So, <laughs> yeah, going strong. Yep, but it's good to hear you, my friend. Good to talk to you again live as opposed to our Facebook messaging every other day. Yeah. So I'm here to give you my, my 10 films of the year of 2017. So I've got Star Wars, The Last Jedi. I did come down to 12 films, but I had to cut a couple out. And, you know, these might not be the best movies. They're just sort of the, the 10 movies that I enjoyed the most. Gotcha. So, 10 movies that made me laugh and cry pretty much all of them. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, Star Wars, The Last Jedi, I agreed probably 99% with both of you guys, with, like, every point that you brought up. I was like, yes, where's Lando? Oh, <laughs> Lando should have been on the casino planet thing and all that. Yeah. But uh, I, didn't have, I didn't have as much of a problem with the, that whole side plot, the Rose and Finn stuff. It mm -hmm. wasn't until you guys brought it up and I thought, yeah, that, that could have been better. That could have done something else there. But overall, it didn't hurt the film. Excellent. Um, Thor Ragnarok. I knew it would be on your list. Yeah, I hadn't seen the other Thor movies, and I didn't think this was going to be much, but with the director and the, the trailers, you know, it made it look fun and, you know, blew away all expectations. Mm -hmm. uh, the Kingsman, Golden Circle, I'm sure this will probably be in your favourite ones, won't it? Oh, yes, it is, my friend. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I saw this one while I was in England, and I just so happened to walk around the corner into 
was it Piccadilly Circus or one of those strange names of places. And they had the bloody, the premiere was on. And I saw Pablo Pascal walking past and I saw um, Colin Firth there. It's like, oh, shit, this is on. This is pretty cool. And then I went <laughs> and watched the movie a few days later. Yeah, I remember you talking about that on your, uh, I think it was the the one you guessed it on when you got back. Oh, you were over there. We all talked about that, if I remember correctly. Mm, possibly. Oh, it was that same episode when I came back and I did the, the recap of the okay, rest of the trip. Yeah, I, knew it was one of the, I remember hearing that. Yeah. That is awesome. Uh, the, the Disaster Artist. Yes. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of The Room and <laughs> other reviews of The Room. I, I've got The Disaster Artist book right in front of me. I can see it behind the laptop. And oh, have you read it already, or is, did you get it after you I, saw the movie? Or Dari got it for me for my birthday over a year ago, and I just have a lot of trouble picking up a book to read it. I just, yeah. I think I can do other things, but I've probably read halfway through it, and I've, you know, laugh all the way through. Just <laughs> I haven't picked the bloody thing back up. Yeah. So, it, yeah, the movie was great. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, it. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't seen the original one at the time that I saw the the remake, and I saw that while I was in Nottingham going through a breakup. It's like, this is a perfect uh, distraction for me. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it was terrifying at moments, uh, that shed scene, the garage scene. Oh, yeah. They've got the projector thing. That's like absolute highlight. And I do want to watch it again, even though there is that scene with all the bloody dolls in that room. <laughs> the second uh, that mo- that happened in the movie theater, I'm just like, I can't wait to... Here I was looking down. I, like, I, I, I can't look at the screen. It's too much for me. <laughs> uh, we've got Dunkirk on here. Yes. Now, this is one that, you know, for technical reasons and this, the sound and just the experience. Like, I'm not in a rush to watch it again. Like, mm-hmm. at the cinema is the perfect place to watch this film. Yes. At home, it's going to lose a lot. But just for that one experience, I thought, yeah, it has to make the top ten because... You know, it sort of made you feel cold, and it's like you're there almost. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say I've experienced war, but you know, it, it was an experience watching that film. Definitely, definitely. Uh, okay, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy two. Yes, you know, just absolute hilarity. Great film. I thought I, I think I liked it even better than the first one. Yeah, at the end, crying for a character that I despised up until his death, pretty much. <laughs> like, yeah. Fuck, fuck this character. I don't want him in the movies. <laughs> It's annoying. I don't like him at all. Exactly. And then, and then at the end, uh, I'm crying. It's like, God damn it! And no Kurt joke. Russell was fantastic in it. Yes. <laughs> I thought it was the year of Kurt Russell, wasn't it? it was For real. Like three, three big movies or something this year. Yeah. But Fast and the Fu- Fate of the Furious, Guardians Two. I feel like he was in something else. Oh, well, he had a few things last year. Anyway, oh, the yeah. year before. Sorry, forgot. We're in 2018. Uh, Logan. Yeah, start the year off with a, a superhero bang, and I thought mm-hmm. that was just those first few minutes. You're seeing Wolverine just like hacking people to shreds. It's like I can't believe this is actually happening. <laughs> exactly, and it's, finally. And it's, and it's the last time we're going to see it. Yeah. It, just, it made it so bittersweet the whole time. Like, every minute of the film, just take take it in, drink it in, man. Yeah, <laughs> this is all going to get. But well, hasn't he said? Did, Hugh Jackman say that he would only come back if he could be in the Avengers. Exactly. I was about to say that. So I'm still like keeping my finger. It's a, it's a fool's hope as Gandalf would say, but you know, in in Avengers infinity war, like they're all dead or something's happening cliffhanger. And like there's Hugh Jackman popping the claws. Just something. I don't know. I would, I would probably piss myself if that happened or scream like a little girl (laughs) in the theater. Absolutely. I've got, I've got two movies left and you guys wouldn't have seen them. I doubt it. 
Uh, just some random things. I watched these like back to back on Netflix because I was in a depressing mood. So I watched <laughs> The Girl from the Song, which is a, a British independent movie. It came out last year and it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it's about a guy. He just he just plays he plays his guitar. He's like some in some sort of music school, and he meets a girl in a pub in England. And then she's like this free spirited girl, and she goes off to uh, Burning Man in America, hmm. and he's just fallen in love with her, and they've sort of had this whirlwind romance for a few weeks. And he's head over heels, and so he, he like he sells his guitar and he takes off to America to to find her, and then he's spends however long it is at, at Burning Man and he sort of gets drugged and it just goes through this whole bloody experience of, you know, young love or whatever. Yeah. And I just I just thought it was fantastic. And then another movie, a little bit different, called, I'm not sure how to pronounce I think it's Bokeh, like B-O-K-E-H. Hmm. And... Oh, Bokeh, uh, yeah. It's starring the girl from It Follows. Okay, I know uh, you're talking about. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but and I mean, I've seen It Follows, but not this one, but I know that yeah, you're talking and, about. Yeah, and there's some... And her boyfriend, whoever that I can't. Michael Monroe and Matt O'Leary. Hmm. So these two are like on a on a couple's holiday in Iceland, and then you know they're they're, on, they're touring around, and then they wake up the next morning, and they're the only two people left in the world. Hmm. And it's like there's no no explanation. It's like this post-apocalyptic thing, where no bombs have dropped. It's just they're on this. I don't know if it's an island in Iceland or where, where they are, but they're sort of stuck in this area. And the whole city's deserted. The TVs, is like power's still on, all that. Like they're flipping through the channels. All the live channels aren't on, but they can just watch whatever nature shows are on. The internet's still working, but it like it's sort of cut off at a certain time during the night. So they're the only two people left on Earth and they, you know, they... Oh, let's find a house and like just rolling, strolling down the street. Let's, <laughs> this is this is an awesome house. Let's live here and let's just go to the supermarket. Just take all the food and don't have to fight anybody over it. But then it's like there's risks of the guy gets in an elevator and the door closes and he sort of has this panic. It's like, oh, if this door doesn't, if it shuts down, then there's nobody to get me out. Yeah, type of thing. And Interesting. If you if you break a bone, then you know you've, you know, how are you going to oh, fix it? Yeah, geez. There's no one to help you. So. Interesting. Really interesting movie, a, like great uh, score to it. Just like the music was excellent, and you know, just like a thought experiment. You're watching it. It's like, what would you do in this situation? Yeah. You know, would you Would you enjoy it? Would you panic? Would you? Because they're in a far off land as well. Like they want to get the guild, especially wants to get back to to America and find a family. But you know, who's to say that anybody back in America is even there anymore? So. Yeah, that's really it, interesting. It's really, it's, Really cool movie, so and I want to watch it again soon. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's check. on Netflix. Well, definitely. Hopefully, they're both on American Netflix. Hmm. I imagine they would be if we've got it. Then you guys surely do. But yeah, that's my ten favorite films of 2017. Awesome. Well, let me give you my ten favorite now because the first ones, like I said, were like you know the best, like the critical picks. But uh, we're on target for pretty much most of them, I'd say. Uh, number ten, I put Wonder Woman slash Logan. Uh, each one's. Rewashable for different reasons <laughs> for me. <laughs> uh, then uh, number nine, Lego Batman. That movie just cracks me up every time I watch it. Yeah. Just put it on and just laugh. Uh, number eight, Atomic Blonde, because Charlize Theron. That's John wicking it up. <laughs> and the whole the whole eight stylized eightiesness of it was awesome as well. Uh, number seven, Baby Driver. Just again the stylish stylistic choices in the film just make it much more rewatchable and then the number six goon two uh 
I don't know if you've seen these, Ben, but uh, the goon. I've seen the I've seen the first one. Me and Dari did it for dot points. And yeah, uh, where did you? Second one's at the cinema, was it? Or no, that went like straight to DVD or something. Didn't yeah, it? and actually, I saw it was at least when we were uh, going through Netflix last night. It was actually on American Netflix, so I'm not sure if it's going to work its way or it might already be on uh, yours. But it is the se- the sequel starring Kurt Russell's son, who looks just like Kurt Russell from The Thing. Uh, <laughs> should be coming, you know, to Netflix where you are soon, hopefully. But yeah, Goon Two. I mean, the first one just caught me so off guard how good it was, and then the sequel, it's just as good. It's a great sequel. Uh, and then pretty much everything else on my list is sequels. Uh, number five, John Wick Two. Number four, Guardians Two, for the same reasons you said. Number three, of course, Kingsman Two, because Mark Strong. God damn it, I love you. <laughs> uh, uh, rounding it out, Last Jedi and Blade Runner twenty forty nine. But I'd be willing uh, to bet, Ben, that yeah. if you had to pick the worst film you saw, ooh, ooh, we, ooh. we probably both have the same one. One that one that made us the most angry. Probably. Not te- not technically the worst film, but the ones like... I wouldn't even say it was the most disappointing because after Prometheus, <laughs> yeah. oh, I God. knew what I was going to I thought, surely it's just going to be along the same thing. So, yeah. Alien Covenant? Is oh, yes. Alien Covenant, number one worst film of the year for me, and then 47 meters down. That one just made me mad. <laughs> How stupid it was. Because, of course, I'm a shark person. I love sharks. Yeah, yeah. I have a rudimentary, rudimentary understanding of how fish work, and that movie does not follow any kind of rules. But, yeah, Alien Covenant. And we, we were flying back from uh, our vacation. It was on the plane. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, while I'm playing Switch, I'm just going to visually watch and listen or you know, listen to mm-hmm. covenant i'll give it one more try yeah about 30 minutes in I'm like oh god nah this is nah, distracting nah, me no. from the switch i'd rather play so- <laughs> yeah, nah, nah, let me put on something else but yeah alien covenant Ugh. side note i beat zelda oh you got i know you got a switch uh i played on wii u oh i forgot they released it on that me too until you said that <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna put in a joke and say the uh, emoji movie was like in my top 10 but i forgot <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, I thought, yeah, yeah, you actually saw that, though, yeah, right? Because you took the kids to see it, right? Or, yeah, I took the kids to it, and uh, oh my I think it was like two days after getting back from England, so I was really jet-lagged still, so I laid down across the cinema seats and I slept <laughs> through about half of them. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, I just had a look for Goon 2, Electric Boogaloo, but um, no, nah, it's, stre- it's not on Netflix here. It's on iTunes and all that sort of stuff, but... It's, it'll, I'm sure it'll work its way onto Netflix for yeah. you soon enough, but mm-hmm. definitely really good. If you like the first one, you'll love the second one. And it's just mm. dis, discerning how clo- how much Wyatt, er, uh, Wyatt, er, <laughs> Wyatt Russell looks like his dad. Just like you're looking at, like, I'm surprised they didn't use him for like the Guardian scenes with the young Kurt Russell because he could, yeah, spitting fucking image of his dad. <laughs> but now. The main event. Let's get ready to rumble. See, when we do it like this, like a pay-per-view. We, we start off with the right. light stuff, and then, you know, here comes the main event. Hard <laughs> ticket to Hawaii. Wow. What a long road it's been. To... Yeah, so <laughs> how long ago did I send that email? It's on my computer. Right. <laughs> I could, to where I could look it up and tell you, it's, it's been a long time. It couldn't have been two years, surely. It might have been. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Because it's been sitting there for a while. Because always, you know, because of just that one clip with the frisbee, I was like, I know this is going to be something we all got to watch. Like uh-huh. everybody's got to watch it. It just, unfortunately, it didn't plan out that way after all that 
years of putting it off for that. <laughs> so I watched it last night with Autumn, uh, bundled up because it's freezing balls here, and a nice Moscow mule or two by my side. But uh, yeah, hard ticket to Hawaii. Mar it came out in March. That's the only info I had. 1987. <laughs> <laughs> IMDb gives it a 4.6. Rotten Tomatoes, 20% critics, 43% audience. Uh, there was no information on IMDb about the budget, opening, gross, anything. <clears throat> Excuse me. However, it was directed and written by Andy Sedaris, who also did... You're going to see these names repeated a lot. Malibu Express, Picasso Trigger, Savage Beach, Fit to Kill, and starring the great, I will say he's great, Ron Moss as Rowdy <laughs> Abilene. I knew him from The Bold and the Beautiful, the soap opera That's he was on. That's the only on. thing anybody knows him from. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but now there's something new to always remember him for. He was also a voice in Bolt, the John Travolta dog DreamWorks oh, wow. movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Donna Spear was Donna, <laughs> or Donna, I don't know. Her, her real name's just one end, so I guess her real name's Donna. But <laughs> she played Donna. And uh, she was Playmate of the Month, March 1984. But she was also in Picasso Trigger and Savage Beach. Then we had Hope Marie Carlton as Taryn. She was the Playmate of the Month, July 1985. <laughs> she was also in Nightmare 4 as one of the pinup girls on the wall. But she was also in Picasso Trigger. Harold Diamond was Jade. He was in Rambo 3. And he's also actually probably the most prestigious next to Ron Moss out of everybody in this film, aside from the Playmates, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but he was an American kickboxing pioneer. Hmm. So that was interesting. Uh, Rodrigo Obregon, or Obregan, I don't know how you pronounce his name, but he was Seth. Uh, he starred in the Schwarzenegger film uh, Collateral Damage and Picasso Trigger and Savage Beach. And he likes to reuse a lot of the ladies <laughs> lot, as well. Yeah. Everyone. Like, there's 11 or 12 films, and you can get them in a DVD collection. Of, that's where I got it for Amazon. So they're American DVDs, so I have to play them through the laptop because nothing else will play them. Oh, gotcha. Um, but like the other half of the films, they'll all share the same actors and actresses as well but then they won't even play the same characters and there's like no continuity between them so. <laughs> figures for this kind of stuff <laughs> but around the cast cynthia brimhall was Edie, playmate of the month october 1985 and also in <laughs> picasso trigger patty duffek was patty cakes she was playmate of the month may 84 oh my god also in picasso trigger and wolf larson who's jj jackson he was in one episode of dynasty one episode of briscoe county jr with bruce campbell and <laughs> picasso trigger <laughs> <laughs> so there, those were the nobodies who played in this film. Oh, boy. But I have to say, when, when I put this on, I knew what I was getting into because of just knowing that Frisbee scene was coming. Mm -hmm. And then, you, Ben, you sent me that gif of the snake coming out of the toilet. <laughs> and when I told him we were going we to do it, and I was, the, my response to me was like, is that in the movie? And you're just like, yep. I'm like, oh, my God. Where does oh, this movie go? Right. So I'm watching it. And, of course, Autumn's in the room. Autumn, of course, everybody should know if you listen to the episodes of the podcast, is very cynical. And she just goes immediately into critique mode. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, how did she take all the nudity in this film? She's just like, is this a softcore porn? I'm like, yeah, yes. yes. <laughs> this is a Skinamax feature, <laughs> which there's nothing wrong with that. It was. But what the, was uh, the line about shouldn't you eat your lunch more quietly or something just, after the, the, the sex scene in the other room? Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, we got some lunch. Yeah. <laughs> it's just. Something about you, you should eat more quietly. It just, I mean, everything is so bad. Acting, diet, like, they just say random things that, and they just put it together and it makes this movie. But, but, but the guy that works at the restaurant or the bar, wherever it is they go to, 
Um, what's the line about? Oh, I hope you don't think about you think you're going down on her because you'll be going to kiss the back oh, of my oh, head. Because right, yeah, oh my god, <laughs> there were so many like douchebag I'm remarks. Gonna, I'm right. <laughs> Oh, here it is. I've got it on the um. Uh, <laughs> it's so like, and it's just every one of them. <laughs> Look at you two. Every shot a postcard. I'm going to give you the best seat in the house. Oh yeah, where's that? You can sit right here on my face. <laughs> Why is your nose bigger than your dick? <laughs> oh yeah, and then like, how big is Rowdy? Four inches. <laughs> That's not big at all. I measured from the Around. ground, <laughs> or something like. Oh my god. <laughs> And when she said that, I just thought of basketball. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the scene of basketball. Big swinging dick. With big swinging dick. But, oh my God. But the mo- I, I'm, I ain't going to lie. I'm watching, like, okay, come on. Like, I'm, I'm enjoying, like, this is good, but, like, it's, like, where's the frisbee scene? But then, before the frisbee scene, we had to get to the Jeep scene. Right. With the skateboarder. <laughs> and this was the moment that I fell in love with this film. For that. <laughs> it just makes no sense. You know, he's just skateboarding on his hands at first, but then he goes past them, yeah. right. gets in the other car. Hey, look at, look at this nutcase. Hold on. I, actually, uh, let's go back a bit. The karate scene on the boat. Right. There. It looked like what? two kids. Oh, oh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was me and my brother after, we watched, after we watched Enter the <laughs> Dragon like for the few times. The camera's time. rolling and they're goofing around, not filming. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> like, like, there's a gold. Like, nobody really does that. <laughs> Make it like all the sound effects. Yeah, exactly. It's like, Ron, we'll add that in post. No, you're not. I'm going to do them right here. I'm going to do it. You won't even need to. And then they deliver the message in a sandwich. Right. Like, For some reason. And he's like, I'm hungry. Well, you could eat the sandwich, <laughs> but they put the, the message back in the box and then burn it inside right. the sandwich. <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I mean, it's... it's I don't know if they were just bored or they just like, they just were all, they had got everybody together and just filmed whatever they wanted to. But it, it yeah. works in that so bad it's good world. It, it's, <laughs> it, it functions so well. And then all, the whole side story with the snake, because when you send me that picture with the snake, I, just, I knew that was coming. So then they have all this stuff like all the shots of the horrible Muppet puppeted snake and all that stuff. It's just, it, but it's, it's great. It's absolutely... I had the a smile on my face the whole time. From uh, cancer-infested rats or something? Yeah, like, so the snake causes cancer if it's around you, but it's in a, a wooden <laughs> box on a plane. <laughs> it's just, it's so many just like, what? <laughs> You're just like, and Autumn, again, being the cynic, she's like, why is the snake on the plane? Is right. This the, and I'm like, it's like, oh, this is the prequel. It's snake on a plane. Right. And then, but they didn't even deliver it. <laughs> it, it they just... What about when Seth Romero, the, the villain guy, he sees the snake for the first time off in the distance, like the snake at the, at the <laughs> yeah, bottom of the plane. 30 feet away. He, just, he sees the snake, he's like, oh, oh. Uh, he has a total panic attack. <laughs> it's just a snake. It's, like, it's, it's not far away from you. Yeah, it's like, a, I'm just like, what? And then the, 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 the goons come out, like, oh, the boss is in trouble. And he's like, there's a snake over there. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like Indiana Jones. Like he's just terrified of snakes. He just wants to get out of there. Oh well, man. The re- remote helicopter that flies from out in the sea <laughs> yeah. to land. It's like there's no camera on it. How can they see where it's flying like, that far away? If, if the, the controls could like 
you know, it's that far away from the yeah. remote. How, how could they even yeah. see or anything? It's just they so, delivered the, the diamonds. It's so ludicrous. Oh, oh, oh this, this is what won me over to. The chick, she's walking around swinging nunchucks. Yeah, and then and just the, the dude's like, hey, freeze, and shoot at him. <laughs> she throws the nunchucks <laughs> at the guy with good accuracy. She hits him in the head, but then the other one at least has an actual throwing weapon with right. throwing stars. <laughs> but she just throws the nunchucks. I'm like, that's not how they work. <laughs> oh, man. And then they go to do their best thinking in the jacuzzi. Oh, yeah. topless. Yeah, that yeah. was fantastic. Always got to do that. Well, like how they told us everything they're going to do. We better get back to the boss. <laughs> then we're going to take a jacuzzi. <laughs> then we need to open that box. And then literally the next thing we see is all those in order as they sit. <laughs> and they get into the jacuzzi, take their tops off, open the box, say, all right, then that's done. And then they like just get back out of the jacuzzi. <laughs> yeah, like they've been there for two seconds. <laughs> it's, uh, and then some half-assed stuff about one of them's in witness protection. I guess that was, right. that was just so that at the end, the very end, like I'm not in the CIA or whatever. Right. I don't have to turn the diamonds in. So I can and, steal them. So the scene where the God. scene where Andy Sedaris is in it, like the director, he's the the TV producer guy. Oh yeah, oh, okay. and he was with his woman, and she says, "You practically raped me last night," and they're just sort of like smiling about. Yeah, it. what? Yeah, it's yeah. just of this film. They, uh, oh, it's so wrong. There's a lot of predictions in this film, like the helicopter predicted drones. Uh, that scene predicted Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and in general, I mean, having female leads. Yeah, very and progressive. Action, very progressive movie. <laughs> and they make Rowdy Abilene, uh, Ron Moss, like, he is useless with his guns unless he's given the rocket right. launcher. And the, girl, the girls are more capable with, than the guys. And he, this also happens in Malibu Express, the previous film, which you do oh, see wow. a poster of Malibu Express. Yeah. And right. the, it's like <laughs> um, the breaking the fourth wall, kind of, because... That character is meant to be the brother of Ron Moss's character. Oh, okay. But, oh, yeah, he's an actor now. So <laughs> the movie Malibu Express is meant to be based on the other character or something. It's so weird how, how they t- try to tie these films together. And the boat from the start and at the end of this one is called the Malibu Express. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Which is in the other movie. And the guy that plays whatever Abilene the other dude was in, in Malibu Express... Um, He's absolutely useless as well. He can't, he can't shoot anybody, and the, and the girls have to do all the killing for him. <laughs> but he hit every glass on that porch. Yeah, when he's teaching. <laughs> oh, I love when his friend uh, takes cover behind the door of the Jeep, right. where there is no door. Well, what about inside when he took, uh, he was oh, behind the wicker, the wicker, <laughs> the wicker he couch. Down. <laughs> oh, uh, and he brings the bazooka. For an inside close weapon. Right. For a close quarters yeah. combat weapon. And it blew up just the head. Just the head. He shoots another person who goes flying out through the wall. And then you, <laughs> if you shoot a blow up doll in the air with a rocket with a bazooka, there's a massive explosion. Yeah. yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't just like shoot straight through it. <laughs> no. There's we two triggers on the it. The skateboard it. assassin <laughs> bit, how he lo- no. they launched the skateboard assassin into the air. <laughs> so high then, that he becomes like a skeet shoot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then I did free, I freeze framed and sent you that picture where they're just like hanging a, a mannequin dressed as him. Yeah, clearly, <laughs> you can clearly see it in the picture. <laughs> and it's just like, I can't hit a moving target. Or have to, it has it's to be only, moving for me to. It's the only it. gun I can hit a moving target with. <laughs> Which is great because <laughs> it makes sense because he can't shoot anything else. Oh, but then, the of course. Thing, 
Th- that scene was missing something, which was like somebody holding up like a scorecard. It was like a high <laughs> yeah. Because that, that would not feel out of place. It feels like a, a scene out of Loaded Weapon, doesn't it? Yes, That whole totally. skateboarding yeah. bit. Completely. <laughs> Absolutely. And then like, what about the skateboard? I guess it got away. Guess, yeah, <laughs> it shows it going into the sunset. He sh- it should have made it a return like, later heart, in the movie. It's like, oh, I've been better. I'll, be, I'll live though. Like, Jesus. Yeah, he gets shot directly in the chest. <laughs> At point blank range, he's like, oh, how bad are you hit? I've been better. <laughs> just like, in no pain, just, yeah, been better. And then, oh, we're just going to casually drive to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> we get to the cross-dressing bit, which had no impact on the plot. At yeah, all. Just somebody's but that was forward thinking again. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, like, the second, because uh, again, I was, I, I was, again, I was drinking, but I wasn't drunk at this point, but like, I didn't even notice. I was just like, oh, there's another chick. Autumn's like, that's a trainee. It's like, I'm like, how do you know? And then, like, of course, we all find out. Right. She's like, look at her hands. I'm like, good God, that totally would have fooled me <laughs> until she started talk- he started talking. But like you said, like totally pointless. I thought it was going to be something like that girl, Michelle, at the bar. Yeah. And then like, and then he comes out, like he could have dressed up and then like, oh, I was a hostage. Ha ha. I thought it was going to come into right. play in the end or something, but no. Nah. Like, she know. just straight up oozes <laughs> from the chest. We, we get a random scene of some sumos wrestling. Yeah, I had no clue what that was about. They just went to use the phone just to... It, it sort of felt like it was out of a James Bond film. I don't know. That was weird. But there was a few James Bond references from... Oh, yeah. Every time they wanted a drink, drink, like shake, they had to make, make a really big point that it's shaken and right. not stirred. <laughs> Which one's your favorite Bond? Is like I'll give them all the time of day. <laughs> um, then we've got the the honeymooning couple who have been murdered by the snake. Oh god, like, I cracked up so oh, hard. <laughs> and then when they find <laughs> the camera, the yeah, having the photo shoot, had to develop like a picture from hours ago. Yeah, it's still not developed. It was like straight up <laughs> off of Jaws too. Just on like I feel like autumn. It's gonna be the snake, and then it's the yeah. best picture of the snake just coming right out. Like. And then the body's like got a million maggots on it. It's just so random. Uh-huh. It's so, God. And then we get to the frisbee scene, not long after that. Oh, so. the elaborate plot that right. they hatched to take out Shades. <laughs> shades. <laughs> this is for those the Malibu skate, cops. The guy, the skateboarder guy, his name was Skater, wasn't he? And then Shay, the guy with the sunglasses called Shades. Yeah. And he had to tilt his head back so because he's... Mirror sunglasses so you can uh, see the camera crew. Oh, yeah, in the beginning where he makes that comment. I forget what he... After they shoot the two dudes hanging up, he's clearly, like, looking straight up instead of straight ahead. <laughs> yeah. so that's all the same thing. Oh, man, but then... <laughs> just that plot, like, hey, oh, he's a thrower like you. Oh, yeah? yeah. Oh, Let yeah. me put down my weapon and see how good he is. <laughs> and then... Can yeah, you catch this? And he, pl- he plays it all first with the real Frisbee and then throws the Frisbee away. But then he pulls out a regular black Frisbee. Like, yeah, get used to catching this new black one. Then he slowly <laughs> puts the regular Frisbee back in his pouch and pulls out the razor blade one. <laughs> and then just, <laughs> It was just amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, and just your reaction when you played that scene for the first time on the podcast, oh, however yeah. long ago that was. Long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> that was... I was look. I was. I haven't seen that scene since that first time, and then watching it again delivered just as much. So was was Autumn still on board at this point? I'm just like, oh, I knew it was coming. Like Autumn, you have to watch this scene. 
So she was just, you know, she like, when something is stupid like this, she'll try to hide her laughter because she doesn't want me to like, I see you laughing at something stupid. But I caught her. And then, and then they get, they save the day pretty much. Oh, oh, oh the uh, Kung Fu fight with uh, his friend at the end Jay. and the other guy, JJ. And, uh, He's got the, those razor blade things on his wrists and he, he just flashes guys throwing it. He pulls them out of nowhere. But it's just so. It's like you go. First you well, live, oh, then you die. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, you know, they're in the room and then Ron Moss just comes in, opens the door immediately and just, like, kicks the gun out of his hand. You go get him, I'll stay here. It's just so, like, <laughs> haphazard. Like, they, they knew what they had to do in the scene and, like, they did it so mechanically. It wasn't organic. It's like, oh, it was like the room. It was just something like so forced that they had to do it. But then, of course, they go in there like, ah, save the day, save the girl. And then it's like, oh, I guess who got Seth? And then like it just cuts to the back of the van that they're escaping in. And he just bursts out on the motorcycle. And he knew exactly to go back to uh, Donna's house. Right. Which Seth breaks in. And they, they rip off Halloween where he uses that knife. Instead of just kicking a closet door right. open, he just methodically takes each slat off to reach in and unlock it from the inside, <laughs> which gave her time to load the little harpoon harpoon gun and then shoot him. But then at, at this point, Romero has been he's shot in the face, he's speared, he's stabbed, <laughs> and then he's bitten by the snake who's come out of the toilet. I didn't think of Halloween because I haven't seen the Halloween films, but I was thinking like Terminator was like some Sarah Connor shit. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> he just kept coming. but then like the, there's like a thunderstorm or the lightning's flashing or something. All these lights are going off as yeah. the toilet uh, explodes. Like, oh my God, this is so stupid. <laughs> well, then she's just sitting there and um, maybe I missed something, but she just randomly decides to flush the toilet. Right. She's, oh, she's wiping all the blood off her, isn't she, with the... The rags and she flushes them or something. Oh, I didn't yeah. miss that part, but I was just like, why are yeah. you? Because it, it distinctly shows her like eyes look over, like thinking about it. Yeah, and then like I'm gonna flush the toilet, yeah. <laughs> like a mad scientist seeing the snake just explodes out of it. <laughs> and then, I mean, oh god, it's just so ludicrous. But you know, Rowdy gets there late because the snake handles Seth. But then like she's like, oh no, what am I? she shoots the snake twice in the face. Not enough for it. But then he just explodes in through the door, right. which just disintegrates with the rocket launcher. And, it's and a just, full-barreled bazooka. Is that yeah, even a real thing? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. It's, like, it's a Resident Evil weapon. Yeah. And just, I mean, the snake is like four feet away from him, and he just shoots it in the face <laughs> with the rocket launcher. It, it's the micro, it's just the tiniest explosion then. It's not like earlier. Like you're saying, yeah. where the explosion disintegrated the skater dude. All there was left was like a shirt floating to the ground. No blood, no bones, disintegrated. I was like, she lives there. Are they really going to do that? <laughs> no joke. Like, it's just like... <laughs> it's like Doom. When you play Doom, you know, you can take... You rocket yeah. jump. Uh, he just... He knew he, they could take the hit. Because he, he, he couldn't hit it with a pistol. Right. And I mean, yeah. it's just... It, it was... The snake served no purpose. But it was so... The, it, the film needed it. <laughs> it was the hero they deserve, but not that it needed. Because that was, you know, the whole time I'm just waiting. I know the snake comes back into play. I know the snake comes back into play. Yeah, where's the snake? And then it's not it all, it, you know, it's like a bad uh, Chris Nolan or Tarantino movie where everything just comes in, everything comes into play right there at the end in a crescendo. 
Well, I watched it on YouTube, and YouTube doesn't tell you, but it puts the video on there twice. So I saw the length of it. I was like, two hours and 20 minutes? This thing is freaking long. And like <laughs> when it was at that point, I was like, okay, we still got uh, Mr. Chang to deal with. We still have the snake to deal with. This movie's going to go on oh, forever. forever. <laughs> but then they wrap no, it up really like, quick. There's like five more minutes after that. Yeah. Movie, yeah, exactly. Mr. Yeah, whole... Oh, speaking of, I love how... <laughs> In a pig's ass. <laughs> yeah. Pig's ass? But then he, I like how he, the whole time they, they're sitting there, he takes the sword out. He doesn't hold it like a katana. He throws <laughs> it like, it like a, a dart. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? He's That's obviously like, yeah, very skilled. down on my notes. Throws the sword like a dart. <laughs> and then, uh, he's meant to be, his character's meant to be from Hong Kong, isn't he? But he's like, he's British and he's uh, no idea about martial arts or anything. Yeah. It's but it all it, it all works. It all works so good to where this this is a so bad it's good movie. Wow. And in fact, some of the trivia uh, in 2014, Pace Magazine named this film the best B movie of all time. Ooh, uh, it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but also some of the the cover art for like uh, assume I'm not sure if it's the DVD or the VHS, whatever's on the movie poster. I guess we have a better way to put it on, on uh, IMDb is just epic with Ron Moss. <laughs> Big at the top and all the girls. It's just fantastic. It's definitely... Now, the, thing, the, the biggest thing for me was I think this is just a little little bit under Deadly Prey for me. And the only reason I say that is because this film kicks into high gear when they, you know, when they, after they make the plan and it's just nonstop. And, but everything before that is softcore porn. <laughs> which is fine, which is fine. I'm not complaining. But Deadly Prey is like... The ridiculousness the entire time. This movie's ridiculous the whole time too, but that Rambo-esque ridiculousness right from the beginning. So I, I like Deadly Prey a little bit more in terms of horribly so bad it's good B movies, but I would give my I would give my firstborn child due in a few months if I could see Rowdy <laughs> Abilene team up with Mike Denton. That would be the greatest film of all time. But this was absolutely an enjoyable film, and I will watch it again and again. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to IMDb, I gave it a nine out of ten whenever I first rated it. So that's I'll stick by that rating. I would absolutely agree with that. Nine out of ten. This was the wow. fourth or fifth time I watched it as well. So I first uh, heard about the film for uh, episode one of the '80s Picture House podcast. They reviewed it. Oh wow! Years ago. So it's um, yeah, I love it. <laughs> absolutely, like this is, and like for me, the first time I saw the room it was just like, yeah, that was bad. That was just bad. But then, like, you start thinking about it, like, just how bad and how funny mm. it is, and then you watch it again, and it's even better. And mm. same this thing, like the first time through. Yeah, and then the same thing like Deadly Prey, and then like this, because like after we after we finished it, like I rewound it, I watched all the like the high points again, because it was just this movie is <laughs> this movie is just ridiculous. <laughs> but in, in that in that good way to like you're just like this is this is terrible. But you can't, you can't not enjoy it. At and you all. want to show your friends, like, look at this, look at this bit, look at this bit, look at this bit. It's Absolutely, so <laughs> this is such a, a like, a, this is a perfect movie. This is one of those rare movies that you could get a group of your friends in a room and watch it, and you're all gonna have a good time just from start to finish. <laughs> you have a drink every time, some every time there's a pair of tits, maybe. Uh, oh, man. oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, <laughs> that or every time there's a sexual in your window. <laughs> Malibu Express is even more nudity. Oh, wow. Well, I was going to, obviously, because uh, I assume that you probably, 
Uh, did you see that I haven't first? Seen them all. I've seen a few of them. This is the second one he made, I think. Gotcha. But Malibu Express is like the prequel or the like sort of the part one to this, though, right? In the, I mean, I know yeah, they don't really go yeah. together, but in it terms of... It doesn't have of... all the crazy, as much crazy stuff, but there's some ridiculous lines. and Like there's a bit where the main character, he turns up at a like a car yard or wrecking yard or something because he's... His car got blown up, and he's walking through the desert. And he finds a place, and and whatever the woman that the the works there, she sticks her head out the booth, and she pretty much says, "Hey, I'll shag you, and then I'll give you a car." <laughs> Something along those lines. It's like this is ridiculous. I love it. <laughs> it reminds me, there was a, it was a, I think it was called Shark Attack Three Megalodon. I think we might have even done it on the podcast once, but there's just, it's a ridiculous sci-fi movie. But then there's this one line that just comes out of nowhere. Where this dude's just staring at the love interest. Obviously, it's the main characters, the main male, main female. And they're just like, "Yeah, it was a hard day today. Yeah, we're gonna have to, you know, we're gonna have to do a lot of work tomorrow. How about I go home and eat your pussy?" And then it just cuts <laughs> to the sex scene, like immediately. But it's, you know, it's it's like that caliber of horrible dialogue. But it it's so fucking funny. It's oh man, it's just they don't make them like this anymore. They try. Because, you know, even the room was, like, unintentional. So maybe, wink, wink, depending on what, how Wissode talks about it now. But movies like this are so hard to find. But I'm so glad you recommended it. And I'm so glad I finally watched it. I've just brought up some of the quotes from Malibu Express. So here we go. A character called Lisa Chamberlain. Did you hear that she got raped this afternoon by two homosexuals? One held her down and the other did her hair. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, Only in oh, the 80s. Man. Jesus. Yeah. God. Oh, well, I personally cannot wait to watch this movie again. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's like just now anytime I see a Frisbee, anytime I see a skateboard, anytime I see a boa constrictor, right. I, I, I just get flashes of scenes of this film now. It's ingrained in my subconscious. It is a part of me. It's even got a theme song as well. Oh, God. You get the whole musical number. Like, I didn't, at first, I'm just like, oh, this is just, you know, stock music just while they're flying. But then they say the name of the movie. I'm like, holy (laughs) shit, this is the theme song for the movie. Uh, And it's so. Did you read up anything about Andy Sedaris himself? Uh, No, not really. I just, I knew that he, like, he's, you know, wrote and directed a shit ton of the same movies with the same (laughs) people using Playmates and all that kind of fun stuff. I think, like, he pioneered some of the filming. That they do for NFL, something along oh. the lines of like as a producer for Super Bowls or NFL. Oh, I, I did. I did see like oh. other stuff he had did, and he did like even won an Emmy for uh, uh, the Olympics or something. He was a director like on like a lot, like you said, like sports stuff and stuff like that. So he's like, he has some credit, mm. but this is his masterpiece. Yeah, the nineteenth uh, Summer <clears throat> Olympic Games. That was in '68, though. Yeah, way before. That was a long time, was a long time yeah. before 1987, <clears throat> before he reached his prime. Yeah, I'm not sure how long ago he died. I don't have that in front of me. But um, I also recommend if you want to go back to the 80s Pitch House, they um, interviewed his wife or his, his widow. Oh, wow. Because she was the producer on most of his films, I think. Yeah, because so, I know I remember seeing uh, that on this one when they're doing the intro on the, you know, it, a cheap way to do like the credits. But yeah, yeah. also at the same time, there's pretty, it, you know, like, okay. I actually made that note. I was like, you know, at that time, had we seen that, you know, as often? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they didn't have to do any graphic work. Yeah. You just printed sheets of paper on everything and just, right. it worked. And printed on the boxes, yeah. like at the beginning. 
Worked out good. Yeah, like, for, for the people that haven't seen it, yeah, they're going around the warehouse on the forklift and people lifting boxes that, you know, it takes two people to lift a box that looks pretty light. <laughs> and then, like, they tilt it over and say, produced by or directed <laughs> by. Like, yeah, everyone's names are in the movie, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, that was... And then you get, then you get to the snake box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, like, every time somebody touches it, oh, this is heavy. <laughs> just, like... It's a tiny box. I mean, I don't know why they didn't just kill the snake to begin with, since it was gonna die by on its own anyway. Oh yeah, like, and at first I thought, well, I hope this that snake scene that I've seen isn't like some sort of uh, deleted scene or something, because they they make that comment like, oh, it's just gonna die in thirty six hours. We don't have to worry about it. Yeah. But thankfully, it comes back <laughs> right at the end, which was absolutely amazing. Don't they? Didn't they say there's no snakes on Hawaii? Uh, is that meant to be? Is that a real thing? I think so. I think that if I remember, because I've been there, not you know, not gloating, but we went on a trip, and I want to say there are no snakes. There's because it's you know, it's isolated where it is. So yeah, I'm pretty sure there are no snakes on Hawaii. Okay. I could. That seems like a true fact that I've heard before, but it's been three years since I've been there. So Jesse, I can I can see <laughs> Jesse looking it up to make sure. <laughs> Until we recently. We don't want this film to have any facts wrong, so. Of course. <laughs> well, at one time it was true, because uh, it's illegal to bring them. But some reports indicate that some snakes have been seen, among them the brown tree snake. Uh, this is bad because they don't have any effective predators. predators. Yeah. Sort of like lionfish as an invasive species. Yeah. Like, uh, what is it, cane toads, I think, in Australia? Yeah. Yeah, hmm. yeah so, but, you know, it's not, you know, Hawaii, you, know, you don't have to really worry about snakes. Yeah. And, like, if I went to Australia where anything that moved, I'll be scared to death that it was going to be poisonous enough to kill me. Everything kills you. Yeah, in Australia. It makes men out of you. That's what Ben's 10 yeah, times well, the man up will be. I'm up so far. Yeah. So. But anyway, so we gave in our scores. Jesse, what'd you think? It was all right. <laughs> as long as you had fun. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, I was, I was noting all the progressive moments in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse gives it a nine for cri yeah. critical reasons. <laughs> yeah, with some good editing, yeah, this could have been a great movie and very uh, women empowering. Yeah, <laughs> looking forward to the remake with Natalie Portman. I mean, there was a lot of advertising of Jimmy John's in it, though. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like with this, I mean, the there was a sandwich in it, and then they just kept saying Jimmy, Jimmy John's, John's over and over. I, I was like, man, every I want time, a freaking sandwich. I don't know if they have them over there, Ben, but Jimmy John's is a chain over here. Oh right, yeah, it's, it's a, a sandwich, sandwich chain. like Subway. Uh, Isn't that what Brock Lesnar's sponsored by? Oh, uh, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah exactly. that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, that's mm -hmm. what I heard of. But Jimmy Johns was that, uh, he was meant to be that football player character, wasn't he? Yeah. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, and you had that whole racist interview as well. Oh, my right. God. <laughs> I can't remember what he said, but. It's best not repeating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this was absolutely an amazing film. But uh, again, it came out in March 1987. Uh, to tie it into what happened around that time, strangely enough, on March March twenty third, nineteen eighty seven, is actually when The Bold and the Beautiful premiered on CBS, oh, which okay. is obviously what most people know Ron Moss from. Yeah. <laughs> until today, for me, or till yesterday, <laughs> for me, when he will always be Rowdy Abilene to me. Right. So, and then also speak uh, speaking of Brock Lesnar in the wrestling world, March 29th, nineteen eighty seven. WrestleMania three from the Silver Dome. Yeah, a reference oh, here from when Silver WrestleMania Dome, thirty, brother. when we were in the Superdome and Hogan totally yeah, yeah. botched <laughs> where he was, and The Rock and Austin gave him shit about it for the rest of the yeah. promo. That, 
That was the great way to start WrestleMania. It was so much fun. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, uh, again, that was the first WWE event I ever personally went to. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I've been to like... Now, they, they, they've come to like Baton Rouge before, obviously, yeah. several times, but just never never went. Yeah. Nobody... I won tickets to one. I remember that. Cause, and Dobson was there, too. Yeah, because y'all posted pictures of the Undertaker's entrance or yeah. video of it or something. So, like, I ain't got, like... When I was there, you know, Hogan comes, oh, fuck yeah, you know, Hogan, Hogan, if I could talk. But then when Austin's <laughs> glass broke, that was yeah. like, holy shit, <laughs> I'm in an arena and Stone Cold's coming to the ring. And then if you smell, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, that was good. It was, that was a great way to get my WWE cherry pop. <laughs> so. Did you, did you see what I'm going to next month? Uh, no, it was, oh wait, are you going to the New Japan thing? Yeah. So, yeah oh New yeah. Japan's the, uh, doing doing their first ever tour to Australia. Yeah, oh, was that wow. the one like y'all had trouble getting the tickets or something? That you're talking I know, about? Were, back in November, Kazuchika Okada was coming to Melbourne City Wrestling and we had trouble getting those tickets because there was so much demand that the, the shitty website kept on crashing. Yeah. But we mm. went to that back in November, but this is a, a proper New Japan show in Melbourne as well. It's at a place that holds about 6,000 people. So I got tickets for that. So nice. I'm going, going with Raymond and his wife to that. Awesome. Yeah, not much wrestling around here for me, even though WrestleMania is coming, but I don't yeah. keep up with it. Although I am excited simply because it's Royal Rumble season. And that's and they have the first women's Royal Rumble. Yeah, I, don't know, I guess. <laughs> well, that's, that must be next week, is it? I know it's soon, because I was going to ask. Yeah, it's in a week or two. Yeah, because um, I always get the network for the one month for the Rumble. <laughs> all the, the predictions say uh, Ronda Rousey is going to win it. Oh, is she confirmed to... Be coming to WWE? It, it's still, you know, they won't. Mystery entrant yeah, or yeah, something like that? Be. That's what it'll be. Well, that'll be oh, interesting. I still haven't watched WWE since WrestleMania, so. Wow. I'm meeting oh, about, wow. I think that the last thing I've watched was WrestleMania as well. And then mm -hmm. just keeping up with, you know, what people say on Facebook or uh, what you would say on your podcast about uh, anything you heard or any of the New Japan stuff. With the tri Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega stuff was that was super entertaining. Did you watch, yeah. did you, you watch Wrestle Kingdom, did you? Uh, I have it downloaded. I haven't watched it yet because we were in California. Yep. And I didn't want to watch it on my the, phone. Skip the pre-show rumble thing. Just watch the rest of it. I watched the post-show stuff. But that was... Good. All the promos going into it was like, God, remember when wrestling was this good all yeah. the time? <laughs> Jeez. But yeah, anyway, wrapping it up, Ben. Uh, well, before we get uh, let you go, what have you been watching? Anything good lately? Anything? Any other recommendations or... Uh, probably those two films that I mentioned in my top ten, the, the Girl from the Song and Bokeh, however you pronounce it. Definitely. I think those are the two standout things that people probably wouldn't have heard of otherwise. So, Any shows or anything, TV shows? Uh, I actually, I know you've talked about it before, and I had to keep my finger on the, the pause button because I didn't want any spoilers. And I don't think you did, though, but uh, I finished uh, Vice Principal Season 2 the other night. Ah, oh, nice. Uh, Jesse hasn't finished it yet, but oh, my God. So good. <laughs> Absolutely. I really, I've gone back to The Shield and been watching a little bit more of that. I've been watching a bit of Man Down, which is the show that Rick Mail was on just before he died. Or, mm. You know, he died between seasons of that. And mm -hmm. um, uh, just been playing a lot of Fortnite on the PS4. And I just bought The Surge. Have you heard of that game? Mm -mm. It's made by the same people. It's like the spiritual successor to. Lords of the Fallen, which is oh. one of those dark, one of those Dark Souls type of games. Yeah, but Dark Souls light because that Demon Souls, Dark Souls, Bloodborne, that all sounds way too much for me. But this is the the 
you know, with training wheels version, I suppose. So <laughs> I, I played the demo and the full game was on special, so I've bought it but haven't started it properly yet. But I'll, I'll probably get onto that tonight. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm, I got Fortnite, but on Xbox, unfortunately. Mm. But uh, you play a lot of the Battle Royale stuff on there or just more so? Just yeah, on... I've, I've only done the Battle Royale. Royale. I've only done it I've once. Got, on... I've, won, I've won three times. Oh, yeah, I saw you posted the other, or just earlier, this maybe this weekend or some sometime recently, we, I saw the uh, screenshot yeah. of the first place but uh because yeah. I, I got it on xbox like i said and then well, it's uh, free so you can get it on either yeah well actually i we got it a few months like months and months ago when it had like the paid early access uh, stuff me and a couple of other friends so I mean, we got our money's worth but uh oh actually i just need to download for playstation 4 then that, then we can play because it's free for the base yeah, version I haven't, even, I haven't even touched the other version of the game i've only done battle royale awesome i'll do that when i get home Hit you up. But uh, speaking of best of the year, what was your favorite game of 2017 or games? I don't know if I even played a game that came out in 2017. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever one you played in that year, in last year, that was the best. Uh, Well, I've got Mass Effect Andromeda, but I'm really struggling to even get into that. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, into the game and it just hasn't hooked me. I I will get back to it at some point. But I don't know. I don't have a proper answer. I can't think of it game that really got got its hooks into me last year yeah well sorry the one for me friday the 13th game of the year wow it's playing it before i came over here it's like i can't get away from it i just that's awesome i just i, and I don't they, know anybody who still plays it. well the thing i mean they keep releasing content for it like new counselors and yeah. patches and you know it's it's totally a different game now than when it came out because they've it's kinda, on ps4 right it's on everything oh but you I, oh yeah i'm on ps4 i might have it. to get that it is just so you have someone to play. <laughs> but see, and the thing is, like, I'm at that point, like, Mass Effect 3 is the last multiplayer, or game with a multiplayer component that I was good. Like, I will, any day, I will put money down that I will, I will do my job in that game. Because yeah. Mass Effect 3 was, com- uh, uh, not competitive, but uh, cooperative. Mm-hmm. Although you still got a score. Did you play the multiplayer on Mass Effect 3 at all, Ben? Yeah, about 200 hours of it. Yeah, yeah. See, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, and I didn't pay a single dollar on those bloody loot crates or anything. <laughs> I got them the proper way. It took, like, I wanted, I think it was the Widow, not the Widow, there was one sniper rifle that was just amazing for, uh, like, a Macquarian character. And that was, like, the last thing I ever got, like, shortly before getting off the game. But that's like, this isn't Mass Effect 3 multiplayer 10 years too late <laughs> podcast, but you know what I'm talking about. I, mean, that, that, I was addicted to that. My, my previous TV had burn-in for the uh, health meters from Mass Effect yeah. 3. Wow. Uh, for the multiplayer, because I played it every fucking day. Huh. But no multiplayer game has just taken over my gaming time than Friday the 13th. And it's a combination of, it's the exact kind of game that I like in terms of here you are, you're in the situation, get out how you can. Yeah. So you can be stealthy, you can be offensive, which is how I tend to play other games. And it's just, I mean, of course, obviously the subject matter, 80s horror, I'm yeah. there. But I mean, it's, and it's just so unique in terms, you know, Dead by Daylight, a lot of people talk about that one, which I have that one too, but it, you play Dead by Daylight, it's like, this is just not as fun. All right. It's so monotonous. And the, the theme isn't there like it is in Friday 13th. They did add in Dead by Daylight, uh, they have Freddy now, although it's oh. the Jackie O'Haley, Freddy, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but they added uh, Michael Myers too, so in Leatherface. So, I mean, that adds like more value. To, and so that way when he's getting close, you hear, dun, 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 and you're like, oh, shit, yeah. oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. <laughs> but, you know, it ain't like Friday the 13th where like you're just sitting there walking on a sudden, 
And then also yeah. Jason is right there, like, oh shit, like Resident Evil, you know, the dogs jump through the window or the liquor walks across the window and you jump. And in this multiplayer, like any point, something can scare you in Friday the 13th because yeah. if you get caught, you're probably dead. <laughs> Although the game now, the only bad thing is the game now heavily favors the counselors as opposed to Jason. But enough of my lauding of that game. Uh, but I highly recommend it, <laughs> period. Uh, I haven't played a game that it doesn't keep track of your hours, but yeah. Like for example, it's sitting there. I have Zelda sitting there. I have South Park Fractured Butthole sitting there. Sorry, Jesse. Right. <laughs> and I get uh, home from work and such like I just, just want to fucking play Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. And you do know, what you want. Which is you know it's a great thing, but it's like now I got all these games to play. Yeah. But uh, if I had to pick a single player game of the year, bar, by far be Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I've I'm. I'm early into Zelda, and of course it's Zelda, but it's just, and you've beaten it. You yes. played both, so I'll be looking forward to hearing what you have to say, but it's just like, I don't get it. I don't get why people are like, Zelda's way better than Horizon Zero Dawn. Now granted, I have not beaten Zelda, again, I'm not that far in it, but it's just like, I gotta like build all this shit up. You know, <laughs> I gotta, you know, I gotta yeah. go. Well, see, I've never played a Zelda game before. Well, even though my first one, yeah. I, I mean, I played the, like, you know, I played like 30 minutes of the other ones. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. My game of the year probably still goes to uh, unknown player unknown battlegrounds. Oh yeah, well, yeah. And see that? Have you are you familiar with that one, Ben? Yeah, I know what it is, but I don't play PC games, and yeah. I don't have an Xbox One. So yeah, well, eventually we'll be supposedly to coming to PS4. But yeah, Fortnite's Fortnite's awesome. I love that game. Uh, but uh, player unknown. That's the thing. It's like. If I didn't have Friday the Thirteenth, because I have because I, I have Player Unknown on Xbox, mm-hmm. but of course it has its problems because it looks like ass. I was gonna say probably Fortnite's a better option for console players. I would probably yeah because I've watched videos of people playing that. I'm like that looks like a console game. Yeah, which is appropriate. And it's but I mean it shouldn't be. It's on Xbox. I know one. Yeah, I know. But uh, should be up yeah. to snuff. But I mean, I think they and said now, like, now that I'm not doing a podcast anymore, I have the freedom to to just play the same game all the time, and I don't have to worry <laughs> about. No, I need to play different things. I have different yeah. content to talk about, so I just it's so nice. Like I want to play Stardew Valley, so I'm going to fucking play Stardew Valley. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I mean. That's how I like to be. But it's just like, oh man, I I know this game's coming out in a month or whatever, but I still haven't beaten this game and this game and this game. So then, like, I put I. What's the word before? I falsely put pressure on myself to want to finish these games that are sitting there because I paid for them. I want to play them. And it's just like, yeah. I can't. Jason's <laughs> got to hunt. Just can't I haven't do started it. that Uncharted Lost Legacy yet, and I bought that. Mm-hmm. And now I've got Surge, and I've got Mass Effect Andromeda, and I think there's one or two other things. I still haven't. I'm up to like the final section of Final Fantasy 15, and oh, I haven't good. even tackled that boss. And I've still got DLC from Fallout 4. So. Which DLC do you have left for Fallout? The one with where you join the Raiders. Oh, okay. I think part of that, and then I've got the you're going off to the ocean or something. Oh yeah, it's Far Harbor or something like that. Far Harbor, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I haven't started Far Harbor. Uh, but yeah, Fallout Four is one I go back to every few months, and I do some DLC, and then I'll I'll put it down, and then I'll play something else, and then go back to it again eventually. Yep, we're just. Sorry, Saints took the lead. We're watching the playoff game in the oh, background. Yeah, yeah, I know, but they just made the uh, first down from the other side. Oh, okay. Yeah, our, our, our football. Yeah, of our course football. Now that's fine. Our local football. But hey, well, look. It's in cricket season here at the moment, geez. 
Uh-huh. You got to know what a crumpet is to understand cricket. <laughs> At least yeah. that's what I heard, according to Raphael yeah. <laughs> from Ninja Turtles. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Ben. It's always, always a good time. And, uh, you know, hopefully everybody will be able to hear more of you in some form or fashion. But, you know, you always have a home here, my friend, if you ever want to just... I'll let you know when we're recording. If you just want to come in and talk about whatever, you're always welcome anytime. Well, you hopefully, just let me know. hopefully I'll see you in person next year then. Yeah, hopefully. Or go to America. <laughs> like I said, we'll go out there to California. We'll meet you in California and we'll just do a road trip. Road trip. <laughs> yeah. I've got some friends in Boston as well I want to meet. So I saw, I did have a look at the map. I'll go, okay, LA to um, Baton Rouge. And then from there, I could fly on to Boston and see those other guys and then go home. So. Yeah, and then, something, to th- something to think about. Yeah, absolutely. And then to be honest, that's uh, because you know between here and California, there's a lot of like unique things to see. Grand Canyon, a whole yeah. bunch of nothing in Texas. <laughs> but once you get out of Texas, it's, <laughs> there's a lot to see, especially over there in that neck of the woods. And then of course, you know, if you flew to Boston, you'd see a lot of the, you know, more of the old America type stuff. Which I haven't even, I myself haven't even been to Boston. I've been that far north. I think the farthest north I've been is Washington, D.C., which is still, you know, a couple hours south of, probably more than a couple hours south of Boston. But, yeah, there's a, you know, that would be an amazing trip for somebody who's never been over here because you would see kind of both, not that there's only two, but you'd see a lot of the the states, a lot mm-hmm. of the, the high points. Mm. So that's something to hopefully will happen because that will be yeah. absolutely still amazing. Got, still got Japan in a few months to go do. So. Yeah, you lucky bastard. My sixth, only my sixth time to Japan. Only my sixth time to Japan. <laughs> well, it's to be fair, it's right next door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not really not though. <laughs> yep, not too far at all. That's that's the thing. Like over here, you know, we have Mexico and Canada as our neighbors. <laughs> yeah. Not saying anything bad about that, but I mean, you know, people who live in, uh, like you know, the '80s picture house people live in England. You know, you can hop. You know, you're yeah. not too far from a lot of places. You know, you take yeah, a train to the Europe. mainland. Yeah, pretty much. And there's so much over there, and you know, you're. Not next door, but I mean, practically in the grand scheme of things, next door to Japan, well, New Zealand, and uh, well, yeah, we've got New Zealand and Indonesia. Most people go to Bali; that's like their international place that they'll go to. Mm-hmm. But then, to go any further, you're going off to Thailand or um, Japan. Mm. A lot of cool so. stuff, though. But a lot of cool stuff in the United States. So that's the that's the that's the thing. Is, I guess when you come here, there's there's so much here to see, at least. As opposed to like, you know, oh, you can go to Germany and see World War II stuff. You can go to Paris and see the yeah. museums. And you can go to Switzerland and see the mountains. Or It's just, I mean, I guess wherever you are, there's always those things. But regardless, it'll be awesome getting you out here, hopefully, after <laughs> you go to Japan again for the sixth time. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what's the next movie on uh, 80s Revisited? Uh, the next one we're going to do is for... Uh, Speaking of people not in the United States, Peter Gray, his request was Flash Gordon, and every time he sends an email, he keeps saying, when's Flash Gordon? Uh, he's almost <laughs> been as persistent as you've been, so next week we'll be doing Flash Gordon, so okay. if you want to give it a watch, I'll give you a call. Yes, I, I watched it for the first time last year, I think it was, so I'll get an email into you, probably. Sounds like a plan. All righty, I think we're... I got nothing left to say. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm all tapped out. Yeah, it sounds good. All right, my friend, Ben, again, great talking to you. And like I said, anybody out there, you know, we plug them every episode that I remember, which I think I've, I have forgotten in the past. I know you said on your podcast before, Ben, like you think I did it every time, but I know there's a couple I missed because at the end I was like, wait, did I give my shout outs? 
But for the most part, but there's always those old episodes of Asia Mania anybody can go listen yeah. to. There's some great stuff and on the there. the BAMcast, I'm going to be guesting on the BAMcast, which is hosted on the Asia Mania podcast iTunes feed or, you know, the RSS feed thing. So, you know, keep the, uh, the feed subscription active and you'll still hear me on there. I don't know what I'll be doing, but I will eventually start up a new podcast and it will be on there. Now, I don't know if it's going to be about movies with uh, trains. Ah, or I was about to say, come on. You, you got the commuter coming out with Liam Neeson. There's another. There's an, already another train movie out there. It's a sign. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do something at some point. So well, That's good yeah, to hear because you got a talent, my friend. Yeah. So And you got the dedication and work ethic some, behind it. I need it, to so. find some other people to record with, that's all. Yeah, well, like I said, we'll let you know whenever we're recording or if you need another voice on yours, just give us a shout. Cool. All right. Uh, we'll talk to you soon, Ben. I apologize for the technical difficulties earlier, but That's we okay. will shout back at you later, my friend. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Take care, Ben. Bye. All righty. Right. And that wraps it up for this episode of 80s Revisited. Big thanks again to our good friend, Ben Wyatt. I think that's the third time we've chit-chatted with him. Always a pleasure. Always yeah. a good time. Just wish we were closer to where we could actually hang out. <laughs> Not the opposite side of the world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's in tomorrow, I think. It is. I didn't ask him, but I, I'm pretty sure it's, he's already into Monday, where he is. Like I said, I always got my world clock, wherever it is on my phone. There it is. It is... Ele- oh, 11.48 yep. a.m. Yeah. So, so it's the morning or lunchtime. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to go eat dinner. He's about to eat lunch. Yeah. That's uh, so weird how that works. <laughs> That's so, the world, man. Yep. It's the system Our we flat chose. earth that we live on. Just yeah, kidding. That. Just kidding. <laughs> it was flat. A kitten would already knock knocked everything off of it, so the, the meme says. But that does it for this episode, everybody. Thanks for you know sticking around or listening again after our vacation or hiatus as we re- relaxed and reflected on... The year of 2017 and what happened in it, like stuff. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, I, I, actually, I'll do that next episode. I'll have the list of uh, in memoriam for 2017 for uh, the 80s centric version because there was, uh, you know, you see them all. The, the, every award show does it. There's several uh, actors and actresses. I'll uh, I'll write it down for next episode to make sure we cover that. But uh, kind of, you know, people that you've seen that you might not know that don't get that press because, oh, they were this bit part in yeah. this movie or whatever. So we'll give them their proper recognition ep- next episode. Should be a hoot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Italian <laughs> New Orleans funerals are a joyous event. Sure. It's a happy thing. Yeah, that's why we're doing Jazz funeral. Yeah. Well, jazz <laughs> funeral. All the ones we lost. But yeah, that'll be a little something for the Back to the Future next episode. Uh, let's see, uh, wrapping up, of course, did all, kind of did things out of order, so I'm a little discombobulated, making sure we covered everything. Uh, of course, the top ten stuff was the Back to the Future part, but also, uh, I recently saw, quick reviews, uh, Lady Bird is good, give it a watch. It went on my top ten list, uh, although Autumn really, really liked it, but it is a coming-of-age story for, about a young girl, younger girl. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, if you fall more into that demographic, more relatable, it's probably probably a lot more sentimental, I say sentimental, or just more maybe impactful because it's going to be more of a reflection of maybe what you went through. But again, it's a good movie. I just didn't, not one of my favorite of the year. But then also Darren Afronsky's mother with an exclamation point. Uh, buckle up. Buckle up, buckaroo. Buckle up, buckaroo. Yep, always, always good to give Caitlyn Jenner a shout out to <laughs> yeah. the real version of Caitlyn Jenner. Right. The best version. So to speak, with the South Park version. 
But yeah, Mother, uh, if you like Darren Efronsky's films, if you're like, you know, if you like everything he's done, then obviously you've probably already seen it and you'll like it. If you find him kind of hit or miss, like I do, I think, you know, oh, great movie, but I'll never watch it again. I understand why, you know, good job, good. Yeah. You know, for, he's made The Fountain, he's made The Wrestler, uh, Black Swan, really enjoyed those. He made Requiem for a Dream, Pie, I'll never watch either of those again. Yeah. This is more in the I'll never watch it again. But am I glad I watched it? I still don't know. But I think it's worth, if you like his work, it's very surreal. It just, and anxiety throughout it. Mm. It was like stressing me out at points, just like, oh God, if I was in a situation, blah, blah, blah. Said enough. But uh, so yeah, check those two out. You probably see a lot about Lady Bird as we get close to the Oscar season uh, because of the political climate in Hollywood and all that. Uh, but we'll talk about our Oscar picks, of course, in March when we get over there. So I think we kind of wrapped up being gone for so long. If we missed something, let us know. Just visit gmail.com, all that kind of fun stuff. And next week, Pete, finally, finally, you'll hear what we have to think about Flash Gordon. And I can tell you now because I've seen it four times. Ooh. But I'm going to watch it again just for you, Pete. <laughs> just for you. Because we're big in the UK. There you go. So until next time, I remain Trey Harris. Jesse Sedgley. Cowabunga! Facebook.com slash AwesomePods. And follow us on Twitter at AwesomePods. Pods.